This episode of the podcast is brought to you by my company, Hornswoden. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've made some exciting new changes to our mead range, and in particular, our Yorkshire mead. So what we've done is we've completely rebranded, relabeled, and we've also added a couple of new flavours. Now, before I tell you about the new flavours, I want to tell you a little bit about the mead production, because this stuff is really something special. It's made at a micro meadery just on the outskirts of York, and it's run by a fellow called Pete Allenson, and this guy does everything himself. He keeps the bees, he sustainably harvests the honey from his own bees, he then ferments the honey to make the mead, he bottles the mead, he labels the mead, he sends it out to us, I mean this guy does everything and, and mead is what he does and that's part of why I think this stuff is so amazing because it has such a short journey from production to bottling to end user um, and I think it really is a special product. So we have our three traditional ones that you might have seen on the website before which are mead of Serenos our mead of Brigid and our mead of Morrigan. The Morrigan is an elderberry, the Serenos is a heather honey, and the mead of Brigid is a traditional. Now on top of that, what we've done is we've added a spice mead, which is Surtur's mead. We have Loki's Curse, which is a pineapple and coconut mead. And then we also have Tears Sacrifice, which is a whiskey and cherry mead. And I mean, that stuff is absolutely beautiful. All these meads are available in 75 cl bottles and a 25 cl bottle, so you can sort of pick your size. On the website, we also pair it in a gift set where you get 25 sale ball and a small drinking horn. Perfect for gifting or a little treat for yourself even. Even if you don't like mead, just it's worth going and looking at this stuff just for the artwork and for the bottles. Saxon Storyteller has done the artwork and I mean, he's absolutely nailed it with these. The, the labels look beautiful and I'm really proud of it. I'm sure you can tell. So just pop over to the website, hornsofodin.com. You get 10% off for listening to the show with the discount code HORNS10. So you should pop that in at checkout so you're going to get 10% off your order, Horns 10, and honestly, just try this stuff out. It really is, I think, the best meat available. Right, let's jump into the show. Welcome to the Northern Anthology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farron, co-owner with Company Horns of Odin, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvig. Hello, everybody. This time we are joined by Ben Mudge, who is a reenactor, cosplayer, and online coach, and also, as you told me just before, have uh, done some of the TV competition kind of stuff as well here and there. Um, welcome to the show, Ben. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for taking some time. I know we've 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 been setting this one up for for a little while, yeah. And then uh, we had a guest drop out sort of last minute, and and the the stars aligned. I think. Yeah, no, it was perfect timing. It was perfect timing, especially with uh, what we just did as well over the weekend previous. I think it was the yes. weekend previous. Yeah, yeah. You uh, kindly modelled our new athletic range, which is nice, um, by the way. Thank very you nice. very much. You have a you have one of the t shirts on now, so anybody watching that, you can. Pick that up on Zavodin.com. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, I've been wanting to work with you on a, a modeling company side for, for a good few years. Um, and the opportunity came with, with this latest athletic range. And uh, I, you know, the pictures of you look brilliant. I can't wait to, to share them and post them. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's all the talent and lighting that uh, my friend provided. I can't really take credit for much of that. I just put on the nice clothing and then, uh, just stood there and did my best blue steel impersonation. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so around it looks pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It is hard. 
<laughs> I mean, some of the pictures, he's only wearing like half of the clothes. I, I supplied him with top and bottom half. But for some reason, in some of them, you were only wearing the bottom half. Uh, you know, you want to make sure people aren't distracted by the tops and make sure they get the, you know, they want to see the bottoms as well. So. I mean, they're distracted by something, I'm sure. Actually, I'll be. Oh, I don't blame you. I'd, I'd do the same. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, obviously on this episode, we're just going to talk about Thor. Um, it's surprising that, what are we on, episode 85 or something now, 86, and we've not looked at Thor in depth especially with him being probably the most popular of all the all the Nordic gods. Um, so it's a bit odd that we haven't really delved into it, but I was saving it for you, Ben. So for anybody that, I mean, because you don't do too much of this this now, so anybody who kind of comes across your Instagram might not see the uh, why why I asked you to come on. But yeah. obviously in the, in the past, you've done quite a lot of thought. You'd like to say you don't like the word cosplay, so maybe you're better explaining yeah so um it all came about obviously i'm a huge superhero fan uh have been since i was a kid because i related so much to them because most superheroes have they look like on the outside they just look like normal people but then there's like something different about them and that always like resonated with me as a kid because obviously i had cystic fibrosis looked like everyone else but there was something different about me. Um, so that's obviously what resonated with me as a kid. Also, I didn't realize that when I was a child. It's only upon reflection that um, I was able to kind of extrapolate that. But people started telling me as I was growing up, you know, and Instagram started becoming a thing that I looked a bit like the guy that just cast as Thor. And I was like, that's pretty cool. That's, you know, that's awesome. And I uh, didn't really think much of it. And then I was away visiting my in-laws and a Mjolnir, like a, a foam Mjolnir, was in one of the shops. I was like, I'm getting that. Why wouldn't you? And um, I decided it, it, it comes from the weirdest thing, but I just love etymology. Like, I just love finding out why we use certain words. And I found out that basically, well, all the words of the week in, in English come from Norse. And I found out that Thursday is actually just Thursday. It's very, very simple. And I thought, that's a pretty cool fact. I've got this hammer. I'll take a photo. And uh, I'll, I'll let people know that. And it just exploded. Like the the post went viral. And then I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm maybe onto something here. So I'll do this every Thursday. Thursday. And uh, I started getting messages from people with, you know, kids with CF saying like, oh, my kid now, you know, thinks Thor has CF. And they're starting to do their treatments more because, you know, we're, we're telling them that, yeah, Thor does his treatments too. And, if, and then I started putting up photos of me in the full costume you know, with, with Mjolnir, which is just behind me, for anyone that can see. Um, the response that I got from taking the photos with my nebulizers in the costume was just phenomenal. I started getting all these photos of kids with their, you know, they'd, some of their dads and mums had built them their own little, like, Mjolnirs, and they'd got costumes. And so it was just a random event that just boomed. And then because of that, I was there's so many opportunities that were given to me. And then obviously once someone starts saying you look like someone, you kind of pay a little bit more attention to them. Um, I mean, who wouldn't? Thor's kind of one of the coolest, well, I'd say the coolest character in in Marvel. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so that's kind of where it all came from. And then the cosplay thing, again, I didn't do it for cosplay. I only kind of found out what cosplay was when someone said you should get the actual costume. I was like, oh, that's, where, where the hell do you get that? Mm -hmm. I think I went to a Comic-Con uh, in Dublin 
all I had was the hammer and I was wearing a hoodie. That's it. And there were people stopping me to get photos with me. And I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and then the next year I came back with the costume and I couldn't get from my car to the expo. Like I just, there's people mm-hmm. stopping me in every, like maybe five paces I'd get. And then when my friend was with me, I was like, Dude, this is, I'm sorry about this. And he's like, this is kind of cool. This is awesome. So, um, I mean, you do look a lot your hair is quite a bit longer as well and when you're fully suited for it we'll we'll, we'll share a picture when we, when we post this but i mean you do look quite a lot like him and you've got the physique to suit as well yeah well that's where it all came from you know i started training because i was always skinny i was always the small kid in school never got picked for any teams and then i discovered training and i was like this is actually pretty cool like this has given me a sense of confidence it's given me a sense of you know discipline self-discipline that you know you can't Yes, you can obviously take steroids and all that stuff. We, we'll just ignore that for the time being, but you, you have to earn muscle tissue. It's not just like given to you. And that sense of accomplishment of, of something, okay, if you put time into this, and I've been training for 16 years, it's half my life, you know, that, that sense of the, the sacrifice and how much time it takes to get something you really, really want. Um, and the sense of pride and sense of confidence that, that gives you is, is unparalleled. Like you cannot, I, the one thing I, is just, I wish I could give people with cystic fibrosis just a percentage of how I feel from doing what I did. And that's kind of my goal. It's not like one of my main goals. It's just like a, an incredible passive uh, ability that I've been, I've been blessed with and that I can just be me, do what I find fun and, and help other people without really even trying to. And that's a, yeah. that's a nice thing to be able to say. Obviously with you having cystic fibrosis, it's first of all, I know this isn't necessarily on topic for the for the show but but i know very little about it so if you don't mind me asking like what it is i guess where i guess where it comes from because you are such an i, I think you see you as an inspiration to not only necessarily people without cystic fibrosis because i look at your instagram I'm like fuck i need to go to the gym or i need to work that a little bit harder and not in a bad way because because you see some people they post it in a way that it's all kind of about them whereas with you it does seem to be very motivational you want to genuinely want to try and help other people and get them out and you know, so it just makes me think right i need to go and work out today on a day maybe that i wasn't gonna um but obviously that's just to me so i imagine to somebody with with cf that that's extra inspirational seeing you because you do look almost superhuman and so to somebody it's also cf it must be very inspirational to think i can work hard and look look like this the thing is with Instagram, it's so easy to fall into the trap of just an egotistical, this is this is all about me, it's all about me. But my job is to help people. My job is a coach. And if I'm putting myself above these people who I'm trying to help, I'm not doing a good job. And there's so many coaches and so many people out there who are putting themselves up on this pedestal and kind of like looking down at people. Being, I literally posted about this today, like that whole thing about everyone having the same amount of time in a day. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's that's technically true. But that doesn't take into consideration, you know, Okay, so for instance, for example, some of my time is taken up by medication. Some of your, you know, that that's not to say that yours is. So yes, we've got the same 24 hours, but how that's made up and what you need to do with those 24 hours is completely different. So the the sense that I'm helping someone, you know, just go to the gym, but without that sense of, oh, I feel bad about myself, I should go to the gym. It's like, oh, you know what? Ben's doing it, I'm going to do it too. That, that's, that's a really nice thing to hear. So I, I appreciate that. So cystic fibrosis is a genetic illness. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. It's given me a real fascination 
of genetics as well. And um, obviously my parents, both carriers of the cystic fibrosis gene, and that gave me cystic fibrosis. I've got an older brother and a younger sister who didn't get it. Um, they just got carriers, the carrier genes. Um, and to, to, to sum it up very quickly, I was explaining to you guys before we, we launched into this, it affects the mucus within, within the body. So someone without cystic fibrosis, mucus within your body, the mucus in, the, in your body is basically like the oil of a car. If you don't have it, the car's not going to run very smoothly. And that's just like the body. So my body, the mucus, unlike yours, where it would be like nice and viscous, like water in a jar, spin it around, it moves very freely. Mine would be more like wallpaper paste or PVA glue. Um, so that makes everything much more difficult. Digestion, uh, absorption of um, nutrients, uh, chest infections can be, you know, that, that can land you in hospital for months, uh, trying to get antibiotics to then get rid of the, the infection, which again is not always that simple. Um, and there's, there's a myriad of things that can, that can uh, be affected by that. Obviously then growth, whenever you're a kid, because you're not getting all the nutrients from your food, so growth deficiencies, there's, there's a bunch of stuff um, that, that obviously can be affected by it. But whenever I was born, I think the life expectancy was 18. So that was 1990. Um, my parents were told, you'd be lucky. You'll be lucky if he gets to 18. Okay. Every room in your house is going to have oxygen tanks. You're never going to be able to travel anywhere. Your life is over. That's what my parents were told. Specifically, my mum. My mum was told that. Um, and that that i don't know what you call it uh, conversation that i was present for but obviously wasn't conscious really uh that haunts me that is my driver for everything to make sure that my i'm never that person now again there's i'm not arrogant and saying like oh yeah all my training all that there's a degree of luck in it there is a degree in luck in it that i i do acknowledge but for the most part i don't think much of my journey has been luck it's been hard work it's been you know, saying no to things that I wanted to do because I knew, you know, it wouldn't have been good for my health. Uh, it's about sleeping and prioritizing sleep over a lot of other things. So it's, you know, it's not all it's cracked up to be, but in my opinion, I'd rather live a long, you know, healthy life than a, a very, very short kind of explosive life. Um, so yeah, unfortunately that's not shared with, with everyone with CF, but it's me. So, so, one question, um, uh, do you ever get like that sensation? It's like, why did this happen to me? I have a brother and a sister who who are quote unquote fine in the sense that they're carriers, but they're, they don't have the, um, the, 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 the actual condition. Like, Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, like I'm, I'm human. So I definitely do that. Like, oh, why, why is it me? Why me? Why me? But I very quickly realized that no amount of self-pity or self, you know, sorrow is going to fix anything. If it did, trust me, I would be the most miserable bastard in the world because that would be fixing me, but it's not <laughs> going to. So self-pity doesn't do anything but push other people away from you. And that's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to be known for someone as, you know, oh, I don't want to spend my time around Ben because he's a miserable bastard. That's not my thing. You know, uh, you only get wrong go around in life. And I want to make sure that my life is not impacting other people's for a bad way. It's impacted in a good way. And that's just, that, that can, that starts with you, you know, at the end of the day. So, um, but yeah, there, there's days where I'm just like, oh, you know what, I'd, I'd love it if I didn't have this. And that's the question I get asked all the time as well. You know, in interviews, it's like, oh, so what's it, is it harder to train having CF? And I'm like, I don't know. 
take it off me for a month and I'll let you know. <laughs> this is all yes, I know. That's... Yeah. You know, the question I always ask the interviewer is like, oh, do you have any brothers or sisters? And they'll be like, oh, no, or yes. And if they don't, if they don't have one, and I'll say, well, what's it like having a brother or sister? And they're like, well, I, I don't know. And I'm like, well, that's that's the question you've just asked me. It's a, it's a, it's not a great question. Uh, I understand why they ask it, but at the same time, you know, that that's what I, I've done. I've been very fortunate to do a lot of interviews and the ones that are good, you know, they, they never ask me that question. I'm just like, well, this is the sign of a good interview. Um, there, there's me scribbling out my next question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, like when I'm, when I'm training, my CF has nothing to do with it. I'm there. I, 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 it's kind of like, I've said this a few times, like my ego and my CF at the door, whenever I go into the gym, it's, it's, it's time for me to work. Um, CF has got, again, fortunately nothing to do with it. Um, I, you know, if you looked at me in the gym, I wouldn't look any different than anyone else. You know, what, what I'm doing in terms of like my exercises and stuff, I may have better form because um, I'm a bit of a form freak, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's about it. Perfect. No, that, that, that's good to hear. Should we talk Thor? Should we get into oh, yeah. the uh, bulk of the episode? I think we've been talking for, for a while about everything but the topic. Um, <laughs> this is where Mateus is going to come to light. Let, let's take a look at what we know about Thor, like what we know is real, what we like because there must be a ton of misconception out there especially with being such a, a popular figure in in popular culture in comics that kind of stuff so i think factually what do we what do we know about thor as a, a nordic god okay so factually what we know is that um he's got a bunch of place names dedicated to him across scandinavia not iceland iceland doesn't have any place names with the nordic gods in. that's quite interesting in and of itself um but uh, but you find him in Norway and Sweden and and Denmark, um, like typically some kind of place name that you know means Thor's mountain or Thor's lake or Thor's fields, like sort of like referring to agriculture. Um, so so he's like connected with a bunch of different uh, themes in in sort of like that everyday world that some Viking would have lived in, right? We've been able to sort of like see, you know, oh, well, you can go to Thor's Grove over here. And we generally assume that that's those, those place names, that that's because they, you know, did rituals to the gods there or, or, or something like that. But we actually don't really know uh, with most of them what they were for. Um, his name is derived from thunder. Um, so, so that's also... Uh, something that uh, and that we should keep in mind that uh, he seems to have been a thunder god of some kind. We can probably uh, detect traces of a Thor kind of god at least to the Bronze Age. Um, we can see uh, that god was probably not called Thor. We we can't tell anything like that because we we only have evidence of language. Not that they didn't speak languages, but we only had evidence of languages um, that are spoken in Scandinavia from you know the first couple of centuries um, uh, AD. So, so like before that, we don't know what kinds of languages were spoken. Obviously, they did speak some languages. So we don't know if that was a if if that figure had another name. But we can see like uh, rock carvings, for instance, from from Sweden and and Norway from the Bronze Age. Where we have like you know some some kind of like axe wielding giant figure who's usually got a you know 
pretty erect wang too <laughs> going with the whole thing <laughs> uh that that's a thing that they also like to put on there <laughs> so that can so you know the the axe uh might be like an early iteration of what later becomes the hammer um and and the erect penis might have something to do with uh, fertility and that seems to be what we're also seeing in some of those place names right that's like all the curious auxiliary sources that we have. Also, we have rune stones that mention um, Thor in different ways, usually in, in some kind of like incantation, like Thor hallowed these runes or something like that. Um, that's from the Viking Age, so that's much later. Um, and then we have uh, that, that medieval written material of various kinds. One of the earliest uh, uh, authors talking about uh, Thor is uh, Adam of Bremen, um, German um, clerk or whatever you want to call him in the, um, in, in the Archbishopric of Hamburg. He's writing the history of, of, of the Archbishop uh, of Hamburg Bremen. And he tells us about the temple in Uppsala in Sweden where he says that, oh, Thor is uh, seated in the middle between uh, Odin and Freyr, and there he, um, they people, they pray to him for uh, good weather against illnesses and and a bunch of other things. And so this seems like he's got a a very like the most prominent place in in the temple. Um, and and again, what we're also seeing is that oh, illnesses and 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 like good weather for the crops and that kind of stuff, like the life-giving rain, I think, is, is what he mentions. That seems to coincide with this idea that he was originally some kind of like a fertility god. So next thing is that we have Snorri Sturluson's stories from the uh, prose Edda from 1220, and we have the Eddic poetry from uh, that's recorded a little later in the 1270s from Iceland, right? And this is where we get all of these um, interesting stories about Thor smashing troll skulls or <laughs> killing giants and and all that. The fun stuff, right? That's um, that that's mostly uh, the the role that he has in what you could essentially call Icelandic Norwegian mythology here. Because that's that's what that really is, and yeah, he's a uh, he, he's he's some kind of protector. That's his role. He protects the gods. He he uses his hammer as the weapon to protect his, the, the 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 community of the gods against the Jörna, the giants, right? But he's also the object of of um, if you know comedy, right? The story about how he, he he loses his hammer to the giant Thrymer and then has to dress up as Freya to go get back and all those things. I mean, that's that, that's a story that is there for shits and giggles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so what that seems to tell us too is that if 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 these aren't like you know post-conversion narratives that have been created to just make fun of him or something like that, then then it means perhaps that people had a very personal relationship to him. Like he he could both be the protector and the, the, this this god that we could like sacrifice to or or pray to or however we interact with him to to sort of uh, uh, feel safe. And at the same time, he's also the god that we can make fun of and 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 um, 
and sort of like feel feel very familiar with. And that's actually a feature that seems to go through the mythology in general, that he is probably the most human of the gods. Like he's the one who seems uh, to to uh, to be most grounded as as a human figure more than any of the other ones. Like Odin is is more distant in that sense. That's so interesting to hear that because like usually like mythology. I I I big fan of like Greek mythology and, and to a certain extent Roman. It's very rare to hear of a god to be made fun of mm. or to be like made light of because you know especially with the greek gods it was like oh you're gonna die if you make fun of a god you you're like asking for something bad to happen to you so that's kind of cool that thor was seen as a, not relatable but do you know what i'm saying like it's kind of cool to, to know that they there's a familiarity about him if that makes sense so, so one of the things i would say with when it comes to the subject of uh, like the greek and roman mythology is that a lot of the stuff that we get that that is made available to us uh, is the stuff that, you know, um, stiff upper lip Victorians have, have sifted, right? Um, which means that a lot of the stuff where they're making fun of the gods hasn't reached us in, the, in, the, in translation. It does exist in the other cultures as well. Um, it's actually much more uh, common in, in like pre-Christian traditions to make fun of the gods and also to curse them out and be like, well, uh, fuck you, Zeus. <laughs> and, and, and in the same way, also like make fun of their followers. One of the things that's really interesting to see is actually like um, prior to conversion to Christianity in, in ancient Greece, those the, the, the followers of the different cults, they would like hate on each other and, <laughs> and be like, oh, oh, the, the, those people who, who, who are like totally into Hercules, they're just a bunch of like, uh, brain dead brawny idiots <laughs> crossfitters and bodybuilders then and exactly. and yeah i can see a theme going on yeah yeah okay i mean i, I think it's interesting that they poke fun at the, the strongest god the the protector that i find that very interesting because he is meant to be this 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 figure that looks after you and and he's strong but it feels odd to then make fun of him no i mean it's uh, if if I can say anything about that in terms of like contemporary uh, Scandinavian culture, I'd say that it's actually a, pre a prevalent theme in in one sense or another to 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 always take people down a notch. It's part of of making sure that you don't get too full of yourself either. It's like your your abilities and capacities are appreciated, but um, just remember that that you're you're part of the team here so right <laughs> yeah it's it's almost like a sense that like i mean the gods are only as powerful as people allow them to be because ultimately they're the people who are worshiping worshiping them so it's almost like that yeah you're powerful and all but without us worshiping you, you you'll fade to nothing so it's probably that like weird relationship that you have yeah it's it's actually kind of interesting it is and there's also there's a lot of other interesting things going on. So sometimes we see in some of the source material that's outside of like the core mythology, so the saga literature, Thor can be a pretty like um, jealous and unfriendly figure. 
Um, in several of the sagas, uh, it, we see him like sending people off course, like, and then they like drift to Greenland or something like that, trying to get to Iceland. Or um, he's he's got like he's he's got like this uh, um, uh, unpleasant side to him here and there. A lot of uh, um, I, the Icelandic material seems to actually suggest that Thor was very important to them as a god that could help them um, with weather when they're sailing. So there's like this um, this broad uh, uh, range for him as a god. Yeah. No, I th I think to go back to what you said as well about him being in charge of the rain and the crops. Now that maybe arguably two of the most important things for a farming community. So that, that seems to make sense as him being sitting in the middle of Uppsala, so almost the main god. Um, I know we spoke about this with Terry Gun Terry Gunnell, that was it. So definitely go back and listen to that episode where we where Terry explains how Thor is probably or most likely the, the main god and it's just kind mm. of been lost over time thinking yeah. that it was it was Thor. Um, and like you said, with the names, we've said before, that Thor is probably the most popular god amongst the average man. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does very much seem like that, at least based off the Icelandic material, the Icelandic Norwegian material. We have... Um, we have several stories um, that that suggest that he he has some kind of relationship to maybe the young warrior or or just you know young men in in general. The the story about how he journeys to Utgardalaki, where he is subjected to all these curious trials and all that stuff. That one begins with uh, him encountering this farmer and and that um he this is where Fjalvi, the son of the farmer famously breaks the leg of uh of one of his goats when he is like butchered it so they're all getting and um they're all eating the the goat and then Fjalvi is like i'm gonna go for the marrow in the bone so he breaks it but then the next day thor is going to revive the goat and then he finds oh it's got a broken leg and then, um, and then, then there's this interesting scene where Thor, like, gets like really angry, which he does a lot. Like, do we see that happening in a lot uh, of, of of stories where there are like very intricate descriptions of how he gets angry, like you know, facial expressions and all those things. Like, he starts like with staring eyes and all that stuff, and then he's like clasping the hammer so that his knuckles turn all white, that kind of stuff, and then he looks in their eyes and then he see the fear and terror in their eyes and then he is like oh shit right um yeah no i'm not gonna kill you guys <laughs> it's like it's it's as if the story is telling us that that he recognizes the humanity of the people that he's looking at right there that's not how he reacts to giants of course he just kills them so that's a major difference you mentioned him having a, a fiery temper do you think how much do you think that links to thunder and lightning? Because obviously, him being the god of thunder, thunder is very aggressive. Yes, yeah, in your face, it's not subtle. So do you think he gets that element in, in I guess, in his quote unquote human god form from that? Probably yes, yes, that's probably the case. Um, 
You know, it's it's really interesting to consider that Iceland doesn't have a lot of thunder. That's uh, that's not a common weather phenomenon in Iceland. It does occur here and there, but definitely not as much as elsewhere. Where I am, you know, in the middle of the U.S. on a mountaintop, get thunder every uh, every every day at three o'clock, pretty much, <laughs> like a two three o'clock thunderstorms. <laughs> They're literally called PM thunderstorms. <laughs> So why a hammer and why not an axe or a, a sword? Is 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 it, I, the the hammer is because it can be used as a tool to rebuild. This is from this is from Marvel anyway. This is from like obviously the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The reason it was for hammer from this was it's a tool to rebuild and to construct things, but it's also a it can be a weapon as well. Uh, whereas an axe, you, know, you can't really build much with an axe. You can destroy, but you're not going to craft much with an axe. Um, that that was the Marvel anyway. So, so the interesting thing is that the hammer isn't that important in uh, in in Viking Age warfare, right? We don't see war hammers or stuff like that uh, that often. We see axes. The older, as I mentioned before, the older Bronze Age imagery also has axes. And I'm kind of wondering if if that hammer thing isn't like a late invention, like something that comes in with the medieval period where the axe is actually reinterpreted as a hammer. Um, but we, of course, also have those uh, hammer pendants from, from the Viking Age. The interesting thing about those hammer pendants is that a lot of them actually look like a lot of other things with like birds' heads on them. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that we can discuss about the interpretation of all of that. Um, and, and again, also something that has to do with like, did the cross, for instance, have some kind of influence on the visual uh, aspects of, of his uh, weapon slash tool? Um, Snutty doesn't give us much of uh, information about it, except he says, well, he has his hammer that he can like throw at uh, the trolls and then it'll come back to him afterwards. And we have uh, one story, which is the story about how Loki almost got his mouth sewn together by the dwarves, where the, basically the whole point of that story is the production of all of these different special items and weapons that the gods have, like Odin's spear and Freyr's boat and all that stuff. And then and the hammer is also there. And the interesting thing is that the hammer is the only item uh, that fails in production. It, the, the shaft gets too short. I heard it was supposed to be almost like a sledgehammer, wasn't it? It was like, because I mean, like that, I mean, I've messed around with that. I would not fight with that thing. It's terrible. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like this long. Like, what are you going to do? You may as well just punch. You, you, most of your hits are just going to be like a hit to the chest. Like, it's, yeah. it's a terrible weapon. Yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah, that's that's the story um, that Snurri gives us. We also have the Danish historian Saxo, who tells us another story about how. Thor um, is is in battle. This is actually this is part of the story of of Baldur's death in sort of the Eastern Nordic version, which is very different from the one that we tend to know. In the Eastern Nordic version, it's like he was a douchebag and he needed to die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and in 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 that whole process, there's a, this huge battle where Thor um, is is like smashing people with a big sledgehammer and then it breaks in the middle of the battle and that's how it becomes a short handle so, so there's, there's something going on here about the weapon too that that you know 
there's an underlying story about the destruction of the hammer or, or the failure of the hammer or something like that. And we see later versions on it, of it too. There's a folk tale from Telemark in Norway from that's been recorded in the 19th century where this troll, which is the same as Thor, uh, but now he's become a troll because it's like far into Christian times, right? He shows up at a wedding and he wants beer. And then when they don't have more beer, he starts uh, smashing a mountain with his hammer um, in anger <laughs> and like, you know, destroying the farm where the wedding was. Like, really a shitty move, by the way, dude. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like a lot of people have probably done that. <laughs> Probably, but when he does that, uh, he he smashes so hard that the hammer head uh, falls off and is like catapulted away, and then he has to go uh, get it right. But ultimately, what 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 we can really say about him as a god is that he must have been incredibly popular because there are so many stories about him. He is by far the star of Nordic mythology. People have all these different kinds of stories about him it, long after. Uh, they've converted to christianity too so so that's really the important thing i think it's cool because it's very cool. It's cool yeah okay let's now i want to i want to talk about aesthetics and what it looks like but we i think we would be best probably doing that in in what i'm going to call a new segment of marvel versus myth and shan in post-production can put in like a little little jingle that we can create after like a little song of someone singing marvel versus myth i don't know we can do something with it, i'm sure now it's time for Marvel versus Myth. Um, basically, where we can look at Mar- the Thor, the Marvel figure, because I think that for most people, just assume it's Thor. You mentioned Thor; that's what's going to come up. You Google Thor; that's what's going to come up. So I think if we if we if, if we're going to talk about the aesthetics of quote, uh, uh, real life Thor, Nordic mythology Thor, um, we can do it in this part where we look at. The differences and cover it there because obviously i think everybody knows what marvel thor looks like looks like fucking ben over here <laughs> lucky bastard. <laughs> so yeah so obviously we have the marvel thor he's blonde hair he's in very good shape he has his hammer he has a belt i guess um so so, you know, those of us familiar with uh, medieval demonology and and things that have to do with witchcraft and magic, that kind of stuff, uh, will recognize that the gloves and the belt are probably stuff that Snurri himself is coming up with as he's like writing the story because his whole premise is that Thor is a, just a regular man, right? He's just got magical items. And so whether or not Thor actually ever had that in like pre-Christian times, that's a major good, big question, actually. Because um, there's something to be said for this just being something that Snurri comes up with to, to, uh, to explain why he could be so powerful, right? Oh, that, that's actually really interesting that it's a way of stripping away the god from the, the god, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, let's... Let's start at the top. And then let's start at the head and we'll work as we are down. So let's let's start with hair. Because obviously, as we know, it's, it's the long flowing blonde hair. Red. Red-headed, man. Yep. Red-headed in, in Norse. And, and then it was the, the authors wanted to basically separate. I actually heard it was a lot of um, 
again, I don't know how accurate this is, but it was the Nazi kind of Aryan thing that almost changed that to a certain degree. Uh, that they they were like, oh well, he's Aryan, the Aryan race, like blonde hair, blue eyes. Apparently in Norse, there's like a lot of things that would suggest that he was actually pig-like in his appearance, and he wasn't a good-looking man, and he, he had scraggly ginger hair and his big scraggly ginger beard and like blood red eyes, and so he's like the complete. I can see why the Marvel guys went. We're gonna make some changes. We're gonna we're gonna make some changes. <laughs> Sounds like I look more like Thor than you. <laughs> I think so, Dan. <laughs> you might you might be more more. <laughs> Thanks for jumping there from a defense. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, redheaded. Um, that would still have been considered uh, a beautiful in uh, in 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 that uh, in the old Norse material. That's we see this in other um, in other texts. That uh, I mean, both blonde and redheaded are sort of like along the same lines actually to them they they that's that that's that's just that's that means pretty okay so we've established thor in mythology has red hair not blonde what about facially what he looks like obviously ben mentioned pig-like um or at least not not the the handsome chris hemsworth that we get well so there isn't much that really like uh, much in terms of like really describing his facial features in detail the eyes is something that we see in certain uh skaldic poetry um there's this instant uh, that they were very fond of in skaldic poetry where um this is a the story about him fishing for the midgard serpent and then he pulls the serpent up and they're both like staring each other in the eyes and he we were told that he's got like these like piercing staring eyes this is something that we see like it comes back and uh, again and again but sort of like more of like oh um does he have a um um a uh a, a certain kind of nose or, or something like that we we don't really see much of that um in there and the same with the rest of like his body features. I mean, we can sort of like deduce from some stories that he he must be rather you know um, uh, well built, right? Um, we are also being told in several uh, stories, you know, details about how much he eats, right? You know, uh, two oxen and seven salmon, and then he drinks a barrel of beer. Um, also, sounds like me <laughs> or me. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so do we know what it physically like what his body would look like? Which is going to lead me onto my rant later on in the show when we get towards the end. Uh, do we know like yeah physically his body type? Um, we don't we don't know much about his body type as such. Um, it, it, like he, we we must assume I guess that that he's on the chubbier side. <laughs> to be honest <laughs> if like if that's all like all of the things that he eats like that i don't know maybe i i that that's such a really difficult question to answer honestly because okay. he's not really described that well he so so we know that um he he's i don't know if you could say that but but it's like regular size in in like height and all that stuff because he fights uh, Hrungnir in the jewel, right? And Hrungnir 
is bigger than him. He falls on him, actually. And, and then the gods can't pull Krunia off. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's, that, that's a giant that's bigger. And that's like one of the only giants that's actually a giant. He's bigger than Thor. Um, but Thor is probably like otherwise the biggest of the gods. Like whatever that means. Tall. Um, <laughs> tall, perhaps. So, oh, and that's another thing, right? So, so in the story of, uh, of him fishing the Midgard serpent, he ends up standing on the bottom of the ocean. Because like he's pulling so hard that his feet go through the bottom of the boat. And eventually he stands at the bottom of the ocean. But it seems like he's like, it's, you know, he's just like, he's grown like huge <laughs> during that <laughs> so 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 the, he's he's also kind of flexible i guess <laughs> yeah. fantastic in him there stretchy yeah very yeah. stretchy <laughs> <laughs> okay so what about a k does he have a k no no not, not that i know of <laughs> okay that's that's no what i want my god to have <laughs> you want your guy to have a k <laughs> Okay. Yes, I do. Sure. I mean, I I'm not going to uh, to 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 object if you you want to dress him in a cape, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he doesn't doesn't have a cape. Um, do we know anything about his clothing in general? I guess obviously, Marvel thought has a nice shiny suit. Does right. do we know anything about mythology Thor and what he would wear? No, I think what we could assume is that he would probably wear. Um, the type of clothing that, uh, that 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 was fashionable at the time, right? So, if we're dealing with the 900s, what is fashionable to a Viking is, of course, a nice red or blue uh, Frankish tunic um, that he would be wearing, and then I guess um, he would be wearing some kind of pants under that as well. He does oh, in. Well, this, <laughs> unless this he's just thing. unless he's just going around pantless, like fra- oh, who is it? The the guy of Futurama? Is it the oh, Ch- Ch- uh, Brannigan? Yeah, the um, the, the space yeah, the the space man. Yeah, he wears like like this tunic thing, and it's just like cut right above the butt cheeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, actually, Thor does say in uh, the the song of Harbarth. Um, where this is a situation where Thor wants to cross a, a inland of some kind and the ferryman Harbarder over on the other side is just sitting there mocking him instead and he's like nah you can walk over and Thor is like you would have me stride over this water and wet my balls and so <laughs> you have to ask yourself is he wearing anything under that tunic <laughs> uh, he's <laughs> Thor is now Zach Brannigan someone needs to draw that Um, okay (laughs) so okay so we don't know necessarily what he wears you briefly mentioned the the gauntlet and the belt do you want to maybe just quickly explain what Snorri writes about those or at least what they do or what they're meant to do yeah so so they're they're meant to give him power right he the 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 gauntlet uh main your uh gives him like his strength and then the the gloves gives him the the ability to catch the hammer, uh, according to uh, Snorri. Okay, because obviously that's quite interesting because the Marvel Thor has doesn't have gloves. No, they mentioned his belt in Spider Man, 
and and uh, what there's Happy Hogan can't pronounce it. It's just like, yeah, do we have Thor's belt? <laughs> that's literally all I say. But I, I don't think he wears it. Like I think it's one of those things that's just kind of a throwaway thing. Um, like just a little Easter egg for nerds like us. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the belt called, Mateus? I know you're gonna know it. It's called Making Cure. There you go. <laughs> I can see. I can see why you couldn't say it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I can see why they didn't keep using it in the. Uh, <laughs> well, it's the same with the, the hammer, right? In the first, the original Thor, it's like meow meow. <laughs> or Stephen, one of the other actors, literally, is like, "What's the name of Thor's hammer?" And he's like, "Stephen, <laughs> Stephen the Hammer." <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good name for a hammer. Yeah. Um, okay, so we don't know if he has pants. May have pants, may not have pants. Uh, footwear. Footwear? Has he got boots on? Do we know? Um, I mean, we probably assume that he does have boots on. Yes, yes, he would be wearing boots, but not magical boots. I can't remember uh, uh, much talk about his boots. There's a talk about Loki's boots at one point. Um, magical boots with wings that makes him fly. Um, but that's yeah, we'll save that for Loki, yes. Marvel versus myth. When oh, we get hell the, yeah, when we get the jingle going. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we've got we've got boots um so aside from thor himself obviously you have the goats i mean there's no mention of them in marvel if i'm right then they're in the comics yeah um to- nash tooth and gr- tooth grinder or some- something along those lines uh, and they're, they're actually as far as i'm aware they're actually going to be in the next uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. There's been some set photos of these huge goat heads. Oh, cool! Yeah, like they're they're chucking those in. It's it's because he Norse mythology can't fly, correct? But if he if he can't, no, he with can't his hammer. Fly. I mean, like he in the, obviously Marvel, he uses hammer. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he he uses the hammer to fight. Yeah, no, he can't do that in the in the mythology. In mythology, he's 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 very sort of like bound to the ground. Um, there's in one stanza in in one of the poems, we're told that all the gods they 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 ride on Bifrost, the rainbow bridge, to to go to uh, the the general assembly to to pass judgment or something like that. Can't but help Thor, but think of how fabulous that would look. Just right? just it's just so wonderfully gay. Just like <laughs> these gods, just like flying on this rainbow bridge, just coming in. I'm just, it's just, I just have this lovely image in my head. But Thor isn't part of that. He has to uh, wait oh, for the waters. <laughs> yeah. Is it a chariot, isn't it? Is it the chariot that's pulled by the goats? Yes, that's uh, what we're uh, told in some instances, that he has this chariot that, that's pulled by the goats. And that's, again, as um, Terry Gunnell has pointed out, that that's, that's actually, you know, a kind of awkward idea of a chariot pulled by goats because goats are, are pretty bad as you know <laughs> there's, a, there's a great part in one of the books where it's it's uh, after Thor's become unworthy to wield Mjolnir and he's got Yarnborn which is his axe and at one point he throws it he's on some planet and he throws it at a giant or something and he misses and the hammer the axe doesn't come back to him so he's like goat go and go and fetch me my axe it's like floating out in space <laughs> he actually gets one of his goats to go and get his axe for him to bring it back. And there's a, I think it's a scene of him just like, oh, yeah, 
crap. Yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work. <laughs> which which brings me on to my next question, uh, Mateus. The obviously in in the the movies he gets Stormbreaker, which is half axe, half hammer. Does anything like that ever happen in mythology? Does he get a an upgraded weapon? No. No. I was hoping you were gonna pull something out there. Even that, like even that in the Marvel, like that that Stormbreaker is actually not his. Stormbreaker belongs to Beta Ray Bill. So Beta Ray Bill got a. He basically was the only other person, well, in that point anyway, that was worthy to wield Mjolnir, and he actually wielded him against Thor. And then Odin was like, "Oh well, you know, you you're as worthy as Thor is, so you deserve a weapon that is as worthy as you know Mjolnir." So he creates. Uh, Stormbreaker, which is like kind of a more globular looking hammer. He gives him that. And then the axe that you, that's kind of based off that, the Stormbreaker one I have behind me, it's called Yarnborn, which I don't know if there's any, you know, I don't, I don't know what Yarnborn means or anything like that, but it's a, it's basically an axe. It's not mystical or magical. It's just something that he can wield instead of instead of Mjolnir while he's unworthy. Yarnborn. That sounds like something that means like, bread from iron or something like that yeah it's quite quite a cool name for it yeah it's pretty it's pretty sweet there's some people who've done the crossplay and whenever i saw that they were going that route because i was actually speaking to one of the um speaking to chris hemsworth's stunt double um bobby and he was saying like yeah, what, what we're going to do in the next one. This is in between, and this is, uh, I think, was this in between Infinity War or before it came out? He got it in Infinity War, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and he says, oh, you should see what he gets next. And I was like, oh, so he gets a, he gets something else. And he's like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have said that. And I was like, it's Yarnborn. It's got to be Yarnborn. It's got to be the axe. <laughs> it's got to be the axe. And Bobby was like, don't know what you're talking about. No idea. <laughs> I think the next time I saw him I was like, so what's what's better to fight with? Is it the axe or the hammer? He's like, axe, the axe is so much more fun to fight with. You can again with a hammer, it's just swing, swing, a hit, and that's it. You can't really do and you can do that thing where he spins it around. That that was the other question. Like, is the does the hammer have any like reality bending abilities or can it can it like it obviously returns to his hand? Mm -hmm. But does he use it for anything like like that, like he would like summoning lightning. Does he do anything like that in the in Norse mythology? Or no? So the the best we get with that is the um, the story where he 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 kills Hrunia. Is described how he appears in like a, a thundercloud with like lightning and everything coming out, and then he throws the hammer uh, towards Hrunia, and it breaks Hronia's stone. He's got like this huge flint stone or whetstone that he's he chucks at Thor and then he like smashes it and then it goes straight through it and then also straight through the skull of Hronir. That's that's so, very marvel, isn't it? That's very cool. Yeah that we wondered why Thor is so cool but yeah. Yeah it's very, very explosive. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what I was going to mention before. I, I forgot about this. Uh, like the, as I mentioned, the Iceland uh, doesn't really have much lightning and thunder, but of course they have uh, volcanic eruptions. And when you have a lot of uh, um, ice on top of volcanic eruption, you get a lot of friction in the eruption, which does create a lot of lightning. So, so some of the ideas about, around lightning and, and all that stuff 
in Iceland, a test to Thor might actually be volcanic instead. So, yeah. Doesn't he get a piece of whetstone stuck in his head for eternity? <laughs> so the story goes that um, from the part that's splintered, that's where all the whetstone in the world comes from. So it's got to have been a pretty big one. That that's that sounds uh, very uh, impractical. <laughs> and 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 the other half, the other half gets lodged in his uh, uh, forehead, and then he's supposed to uh, get it out. And he, so he goes to this uh, 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 troll woman or whatever she is. Uh, um, and and she's supposed to sing it out with magic, but before when she's like in the middle of doing that, he's like, "Oh, babe, by, by, by the way, I I just brought uh, your husband in this uh, bucket over here. Uh, <laughs> so so here's your husband, and she gets the husband in the bucket, and then she's so happy that she she forgets the song, and that, my children, is why you cannot throw a wet stone." over a wooden floor, because if you do, it makes the one that's stuck in Thor's head shake, because it got a little loose from the song. You know? <laughs> it's so insane. What? Who came up with that? <laughs> Some drunk guys later or something like that. I mean, <laughs> just sat around. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of if there's anything else from the Marvel Universe that I want to know. He's not Loki's brother. Loki and him are not stepbrothers. There's like an uncle. It's an uncle relationship, isn't it? Like Loki's no. actually Odin's brother or something along those lines. So a while ago. So Thor, according to Snorri's um, uh, mythology, which you know might not be the original, that's sort of like the later medieval version. In that in that story that that Snorri gives us, Thor is. Odin's son but weirdly also his you know great 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 something ancestor and that has something to do with a you know a curious timeline (laughs) (laughs) Um, and um, Loki doesn't actually have any family ties to either of them except he's supposedly the blood brother of Odin from back in the day when they mixed their blood and swore that they would never uh, drink beer without the other one. So, yeah, very bro-y. He's <laughs> very bro The other thing that is in the Marvel comics about his age, because obviously, like, the Asgardians are not quite human. They're, well, alien, but Thor's not like invulnerable. He's not uh, immortal, as I should say. Like that's probably a more accurate way of saying it. And he has to go and eat an apple from a tree every couple thousand years to keep his to keep his vitality and life. Is that is there anything from Norse about that? We have this story about how the giant Fiatsi uh, steals the goddess Idun, um, kidnaps her. And and she's got these golden apples that the gods are eating to stay um, um, young and fresh forever. And so when he kidnaps her, all of a sudden they, they all grow old. And so so that that seems like that's sort of a, a riffing off of that that Marvel came up with that stuff. They've obviously done some research. Oh yeah, of course. 
they've done something to at least try and put it in there a little bit and you know originally the the, the first thor movie structurally is very similar to the stories that that, that we have about thor as well like he leaves ausgarder and then goes somewhere to to the outer worlds where where he then has to overcome a bunch of trials to then eventually come back home really that that's 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 what that first thor movie is is all about that's that's pretty very similar to the stories that we we have from from Nordic mythology in general well there yeah. we go if you got anything else on that ben before we move on to my little run that i want to have i think we've covered most of it to be fair yeah i mean there, there obviously is some some crossover but i think if they were going to go purely norse mythology it wouldn't be as entertaining well i mean some of it would be still be entertaining but it wouldn't have that overlap that they want the need with other like comic because then even like thor and hercules have met and i think they might be actually i think they might be going down the greek you know uh, pantheon soon in marvel uh, mm-hmm. which will be interesting because I, I mean from what i can tell chris Hemsworth is in it for the long haul so i think he's going to be the one constant because i mean it makes sense because he's a, an immortal god so if anyone's going to be a constant, it's him or someone who has some form of robotics that can keep them ageless. But I think there's going to be a crossover between the Marvel you know, Norse pantheon. So, so wait, are they saying that he's a god in this? Um... It's in Marvel. He is a god technically, but then they are. He doesn't consider himself a god. It's it's a weird it's a weird parallel that they have there, but it's um. It's be, he's just a very, very, very powerful being, which then humans consider to be a god, and that's where that's kind of where the, the terminology god comes from because it's just someone who is beyond their understanding. And even then, it, it, magic he explains it as like you know, what you people would consider magic is just science to us. It's like a you know, if you saw someone with a, an iPhone in the 1800s, it yeah, would yeah. look like magic, it would smell like magic, and people would be like, Well, you're clearly a magician. It's just something that they yet have to understand. Um, so that's how it's explained a lot in, in the Marvel. Uh, like, but the, even the comics and the, the comics to the films, there's a huge, huge amount of difference in those. Um, the so there is that, that one scene in the Avengers, right, where it's, it's Captain America. Uh, what's her name? Scarlett Johansson. Johansson. Yeah. Like yeah, she, yeah. So, so she's like saying, well, he's like basically a god, blah, blah, blah. And then Captain America is like, ma'am, there's only one god. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and even, they even talk about it in Spider Man. Like they're saying that, you know, Thor used to be, you know, something that we consider as mythology. Now we study him in physics. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's, it's, it's funny listening to all the ways that they, because again, they're, they're, what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done is incredible. Like they can have that grounded, really personal stories like Ant-Man and Spider-Man and then they've got these like gods it's it's ridiculous like it's and the balance of that that Kevin Feige has been able to do is absolutely incredible and the, the cool thing is is like they literally him and a bunch of the other people that you know he'd be close with in, in Marvel they go to his like house in Malibu or something and they plot out where they're going to go next how things are going to tie in who they would like to see how they would work that in like it, it's it is very so cool. cool. So cool. Yeah. That. They've got, they're definitely doing something right. And I think they're going in, in the right direction with the, the Thor movie as well. Getting, I'm going to butcher his name, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Yeah. 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 I think what he did with, um, with Ragnarok was brilliant. And what he's going to do with the next one. So you're going to, and what, 
you know what we do in the shadows is also fucking oh, brilliant amazing film. brilliant film so he's uh yeah he, i really like his stuff yeah so yeah let's um one last thing i guess i've ben have you seen the i think god of war released the image of their thor and i wanted to, i wanted to talk about it Matthias, you've seen it um i want to know yeah what what your opinions are i guess Matthias, or at least how accurate you think he is to the uh, the mythology, I guess. Do you think he's more accurate than the Marvel one? <laughs> I I can't say that I um, that there is one version that's more accurate than the other one. <laughs> to be honest, like Snorri is some 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 Christian dude in Iceland in the in the 13th century, just going like, ah, Thor has like you know, this funky red hair and like a hammer and woo, right? And 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 there was some Viking back in the day being like, oh, well, uh, Thor is like in charge of the ocean and the sky and the life-giving rain and um, I'm going to sacrifice a goat to him and possibly also a human, right? So it's like <laughs> between that and then what what's happening next with contemporary uh culture <laughs> i'm like who am i to judge <laughs> oh you're you're sitting on that fence because you're waiting for the marvel slash god of war advisor money <laughs> <laughs> you're waiting for that phone call you don't want to upset anyone <laughs> ben, ben what do you think what what because i think it's quite a brave move by them i guess and it's very decisive i personally don't like it and that's my I opinion I, when I first saw it, I was like, huh, he just looks like a ginger Santa. <laughs> like immediately, that's what I thought. I was just like, huh, all right. But I think what they've done is they've gone, right, well, we've obviously got the modern interpretation of Thor, which is the Marvel Thor. We've got the Norse mythology version of him. We need to kind of take a bit of both and just make our own thing to be quite unique. Because what, is it, Bal uh, is it Baldur was in the, in the first one with the tattoos? Was it Baldur, wasn't it? Um, in in the first God of War, well, the, the more recent one, he, he he had the tattoos all over his body. I think so. Yeah, he didn't feel any pain. Um, again, how accurate was that to mythology? In in terms of the boulder from Marvel, not very accurate. But I think they've just they've gone. You know what? We can either try to copy something and not do it, or we'll just go with our own thing, our own interpretation. And to be honest, like. You know the big muscular version of him. We already got that with Kratos. Kratos is the big muscular god of war. I think they're going for like the powerhouse, like strongman look. And I, it may grow on me. I think. Um, but my initial response was like, "Huh, not what yeah. I expected." But I mean, I'm gonna initially I hated it, and I it's kind of it has grown on me a bit now. The more I the more I see it, and and now you said that I, I never really thought of that. The, they had to do their own, they had to do their own thing. Because if they just did a big, strong blonde guy, it's always going to get compared to Chris yeah, Hemsworth. Marvel Thor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just don't, I just don't think they had to make him so fat. That's what bothers me. He's got I, like that strong man belly though. It's not like a, it's not an obese person's belly where it's like flops over like a big meat apron. It looks like a keg. It looks like it looks like Eddie Hall when he was that, doing it. That's like, almost like what the vest him on. Is Eddie Hall very like him? Yeah, but like I tight gut. I just for me, I just don't like that. 
like I un- I understand that he's he's strong, so you they want to give him a strong man appearance. But I also think he's he should be a warrior and a fighter. And I, as a big fan of fighting as a sport and of MMA of training like Muay Thai, all these different sort of mixed martial arts, that is not a fighter's body to me. I think. Yeah, well, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's mean, but it, it's not it's not what I would look at as somebody who's going to be able to fight a battle or, and that's what puts me off about it. I think it could have maybe been balanced a little bit better. Yeah, he doesn't look. He looks strong and powerful, but he doesn't look like he's got the the condition for a warrior. He, he looks like he would gas pretty quickly and maybe hit you once, and if that didn't take you down, he would be like on one knee, kind of going, "Okay, give me a yeah. second." <laughs> just, you know, that was all my power just just give me like five minutes and we'll be right back at this that's kind of the that's probably you know the, the body type that you're looking at is that kind of like okay he's a you know, almost like well, not a glass cannon but it's kind of like a okay one hit wonder which is maybe mm. what they're going for maybe maybe so powerful that he's like one punch man it's just one hit that's <laughs> maybe. all it takes that's maybe, all it takes like i was i was having um a talk with ed in in on the Facebook group, and he was saying how he he liked the the kind of the strong man man look. But you know, I came back with the, we have an example of two strong men that agreed to have a a boxing match with Half Thor and Eddie Hall. Both agreed to have a boxing match, and the first thing they both did was lose a shitload of weight. Both of them lost maybe fifty pounds more. I think Thor said he lost like close to fifty kilos or something ridiculous. So the first thing they did was lose weight to get into that fight in. Fighting shape, which is why then I think why he's he's a fighter. Don't have him looking like that. Yeah, but then there's the there's the I'm just playing devil devil's advocate here. There's the the idea that he's not human. He doesn't need to be shredded. He's he's a god, so he doesn't need to be what we assume to be as you know, like even Boulder from the from that first one. He was so wiry looking. I thought like if you put Kratos and Boulder beside each other, you'd be like Kratos every single time without a doubt and it's kind of the idea that you know, you take like a bodybuilder the most muscular people on earth you think they're going to be able to fight when in fact no. most of them can't even run the length of their own shadow yeah, yeah. you know what yeah, i mean yeah. so it, it probably comes from that but i, I totally get even if they had like, like a faint line of abs underneath the fat like the well the gut like if they had done that and you could see the musculature underneath yeah that would have been, I think that would have kind of satisfied a lot of people because they're like, okay, he's he's a big dude. They may do the whole thing of he's a glutton, like he likes to eat and he obviously eats his goats every time and then brings them back. And so they may go to, again, you, you don't really know where the where the game design is going to go, but I, I'm I'm interested in seeing, I was gutted when he wasn't in the first one. I was like, come on. Yeah, like, everyone everyone's waiting for that. Yeah, I was like, come on, where's Thor? The only, like, realistically, the one that everybody knows and there's like, oh, yeah, you get the fight of sons. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know, I personally would have preferred them to go down the route of making him look like Francis Ngannou, that kind of body. And for anybody that doesn't know that, you can Google is the UFC heavyweight champion. And he's just, he's not ridiculously ripped, but he's just a fucking huge person who hits really hard. You know who I would have gone with physique wise? Brock Lesnar. Yeah. That dude yeah. looks like a Viking. Like he looks like he- somebody oh. like that. It's not a ridiculously shredded look. But it's a big, strong, yeah. scary, terrifying look. It's that V tapered waist. If they'd like, maybe even it didn't need to be like stream, just that slight V taper to him, and it would have made him look more, more of a scary opponent than just you know 
ginger Santa. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we, it, it's mythology, and he could be stick thin and the strongest person on earth because he's a fucking god. Yep, exactly. Yep. It, it's the, it, to be fair, they've done the right thing because he's made so many people talk about it, and then that it's a marketing ploy, and they've knocked it out of the park because literally everyone's gone looked at that picture and gone, fucking hell. Let's all talk about this now. And that's, that's, you know, they've hit the nail on the head, really. Yep. Yep. Definitely. So there we go. Let's, let's wrap this one up. This has been, it's been fun. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ben. Um, do you want to just shout out where people can find you, your Instagram, um, anything else? Yeah. So if you want to ogle at me and maybe get a bit of motivation, uh, you can go to at Ben Mudge underscore. Someone is still using just Ben Mudge. I thought I had a unique name with Mudge. <laughs> Turns out someone has uh, got my handle and um, uh. <laughs> yeah, and they are not letting go of it. They haven't posted anything in like six years. I was like, damn it, dude, come on. So yeah, you can find me there. Um, and yeah, that's the only place I need to shout out. Everything else is there anyway, so. Now I'm following you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he needs it. <laughs> Mateus, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. Just type in my name, Matthias Norvig, and boom, there I am. And I think there might be a fake account with my name too, but you'll be able to to sniff out the uh, the right one. I see you've made it. Look at <laughs> yeah. Mr. Big Shot over here shouting out fake accounts. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. There we go. That's it. <laughs> All right. If you want to follow me personally, Daniel and Scott Farrand one <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, Hans Bowden, obviously. Um, you can follow the podcast at Nordic Mythology Podcast. Same on Facebook, just Nordic Mythology Podcast. You can join our Facebook group, um, which seems to be growing. There's a lot of good, good chat in there. It's, a, it's one of the only good Facebook groups left, I think. It hasn't been infiltrated by the assholes yet. You can help us out on Patreon, where you get access to the live show. So you can watch the show. You can jump in to the live chat distract Mateus whilst he's, he's trying to speak um, you also get a bonus episode every week either the Vikings watch along with me and Mateus sit down and watch the episode of the Vikings or you get the story time where we look at one of the sagas we, we're looking again hopefully Jonas Lorenz is going to come on and read every everyone's me and Mateus can sit so that's a bonus show you get for being on Patreon and there's a bunch of other cool stuff so yeah that's Patreon forward slash Naughty Mythology Podcast Oh, and you can head over to, as, as Ben sat back and demonstrated our new T-shirt, so you can hop, hop over to Hans of Odin and look at the new uh, athletic range. Ben's making the T-shirt look very good, better than I did last episode anyway. <laughs> I doubt that. I doubt that. Oh, no, nah, yeah, you know, I looked better. <laughs> yeah, you're, just being, you're just being humble. <laughs> ben, thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you.